Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start-to-finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The music production suite 4.1 and Complete 13 bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive, and as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello, Mr. Joe. Hello, Mr. Matt. Hello, dear listener. Welcome. It's episode 46 of season three. That, that seems like 46. less than we... Yeah, that seems like less than we normally manage. But, but, dear listener, this is the final episode in season three of the Guitar Nerds podcast. So, of course, we're back in January with season four, but we will have gear of the year 2022, which is going to start... We've got a a week off next week and then gear of the year after that, but this is the final episode, Matt. Just you and me. I thought gear of the year was next week. 
we're uh, recording it next we're week, recording it next week that's right yeah so we're we're recording it on the 12th and 13th but i believe it's going to come out on the 19th and ah. 20th and then we're also recording a little special patreon <laughs> thing which we'll keep secret you have to no, sign no. up to patreon to get it no i'm gonna tell people what oh, it you're is gonna tell people, are you? well because because you know this is a cool thing we me matt and i have managed to uh managed to force no no we haven't we, we've got the old <laughs> team back together so for christmas we're going to be doing a guitar nerds christmas special quiz with the full old school guitar nerds team matt me jay cross and the man who started it all mark packham pack uh, of ham the pack of ham we're gonna be doing yes a uh it's gonna be a patreon quiz i think i'm gonna be quiz master and it's gonna be the three of the three of you fighting it out so i'm gonna start writing that this week but as a christmas themed guitar quiz topical to 2022 that's what i think i'm aiming for nice nice well all of our previous quizzes have been roaring successes um <laughs> but i can't believe yeah we're we're at the end of another year we are we at 10 years yet i can't i don't know i really should find out shouldn't i that's the sort of thing should. i should check and yeah. uh we're going to come into it next year strong me and mm. you right on the train yeah we're actually we, a lot of things planned for for next year because of course matt you're you're moving so you're uh you're moving more when does it get is it midlands does Norfolk Midlands? count as the Midlands? No, I don't know. I'm not going that far. Well, uh, it's no, north I, of London. Everything north of London is the north, I guess. Um, or as if you're in Brighton, everything north of Brighton is the north. Yes. Um, I am moving to Suffolk for the short term and potentially Norfolk in the long term. Oh. Uh, the home of tractors um, in Suffolk. Um, and then in Norwich, the home of uh, Mustard. There you go. And Delia Smith. Um, That's it. Yeah. No, just getting out, getting out into the countryside. Um, hopefully, yeah, have a bit more space, have a bit more uh, room to put all of the stuff. I've packed up my entire studio and realised I own quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, yes. So, so you'll be you you will be there in uh, in Suffolk and then Norfolk for next year. And I think I'm probably going to come and visit, or we're going to work something out. But we are going to actually do, dear listener, I do promise this: the pedal board build off. Matt and I are both going to build our um, Alder and Ash pedal boards with all the various mm -hmm. things that we. I'm actually glad we didn't do it because I feel like I really have a theme now. Before I was just going to shove everything on it. I was like, I want the Empress Sawyer on there and lots of pedals with lots of buttons and all this overfunctional MIDI. But now I've worked out that what I actually like is classic old school stuff, and so my board's going to be more geared around that than I um I had a thought, Joe, actually. And uh, I'll put this out there live, unscripted, um, for you and the listeners, a kind of thought. Um, Long-term listeners of the podcast may remember that once uh, Mark Packham did a, like, a fantasy football league type thing, but with gear. Do you remember where it's like, you've got 40 points to spend? Oh, yeah. And, like, every choice costs you points. And you've got to build, like, the best possible board. And I was like, what if, Joe, we put our... We listed out all the stuff we've got, because we've both got a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, 
and the kind of the more weighty more expensive more boutique stuff cost more in terms of virtual points cheaper stuff costs less and you've got to basically you've got a limited amount of points that you could physically spend you've got to put the best board together and then we put it out to the audience to uh to vote i kind of like that idea because like you say we could be like oh well we're just really classic board i've just got a clon and a <laughs> analog delay pedal but i'm like imagine if you've got a you know don't know don't know i'm up, a, for, this. Kind of I'm up for adding a point system to this as well I, I like the idea of going right you've got 25 points if you want to put a zoya on there cost you like 10 points yeah because it's ridiculous and it's expensive but you know if you want to put like your lonely boss ds1 on there you know maybe that's only two points behringer half a point nice you know um don't know i was i was have a think about it i'll think about it over christmas oh, yeah I- in between mince pies and uh whatever else you do at christmas well, that's it that's Egg it knock. just mince pies just mince pies yeah uh, well just i'm i'm up pies. for that i think that's a great idea we should uh we should definitely do that and uh um and then i oh well i guess you know after that that will be next year. We'll have the the pedal board build off. It's going to be super exciting. This you want to try and do some more stuff out of my office, some more physical guitar nerds things next year. That's that's kind of the plan. But um, but before we get on to what will be season four of the Guitar Nerds podcast, we of course we have Gear of the Year, the highlight of our year. Gear of the Year twenty twenty two. This year has been a bit better, I think. Well, I, you know, I know from going through all the press releases. At the start of every year, I make a document where I'm going to put all the press releases. So when Gear of the Year comes around, I can just be like, right, well, here's my document of all the things released this year. It lasts about two weeks and then I stop filling it out. So at the end of every year, I have to go through my email and, you know, websites like Music Radar and premier guitar that put out press releases and i have to look back through 12 months of gear press releases and put together them all and it takes forever next year i promise i will actually be effective at at putting together from the start but i know from having spent a substantial portion of uh my weekend um getting the list together that there's actually quite a good range of stuff out this year so i think it's going to be a bit more exciting and also, we've started the first rounds for the gear of the year. Uh, sorry, the gear of the for the listeners' choice gear of the year for both our. Um, just if you're a listener, dear listener, join our Facebook group, the Guitar Nets group on Facebook. There's a post on there for gear of the year. All you've got to do is, at the moment is comment on there with your suggestions. Anything, as many things as you want, or you know, as few things as you want, just suggesting what you think should be gear of the year. After we've got a bunch of suggestions on there, I'm going to work out what are the most, you know, what the multiples are, what people are saying the most of. Pick a top five, something like that. Top five, top ten, depends how many of you suggest things. And then I'll make that into a poll and you can uh, vote on that. And that will decide listeners' gear of the year, um, listeners' choice gear of the year winner. The same thing's happening on Patreon at the moment patron supporters have been a little more involved than uh, the facebook group despite there being you know substantially more people on the facebook group so don't miss it uh dear listener on the facebook group go find that post and tell me what uh what you think should be gear of the year should we have a little look matt at what people have suggested so far indeed Um, indeed i'm also um a little look behind the uh the curtain of gear of the year joe this year because 
Um, there will be four of us. Um, there will be two different guests this time. Mm. You've uh, you've put a list together of um, you know guitars, amp modelers, and, and stomp boxes, and then asked the four hosts, including yourself, to go and list their top three or what they think might be the kind of things they want to think about. You know, which is good. You know, getting ahead of it, and I can already see that you are going to be left in the cold I know. on some things <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> you what you're talking about. <laughs> I, um, and dear listener, there's... if you have a little think about a product release this year, which I might absolutely fundamentally hate. Um, um, yeah. i tell you what's, what's been interesting this, this year is, yeah, obviously, you, the reverb list that we talked about last week was very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, but a real lack of amplifiers this year. A real lack of amplifiers this year. Um, yeah, what have I got? Stomp boxes. 15 I've got in the list. Uh, yes, yeah, not 15. Many. And that includes uh, like pedal amplifiers. That's like including the um, uh, like the Universal Audio Ruby 63 and Dream 65 pedal mm. amps, you know. Yeah, really, it's a very tough one this mm. year. Um but obviously, stomp box is as strong as ever. Yeah, um, almost too many to talk about. Well, I, I limited um, guitars- thirty-two is what we've got. Obviously, that's not everything that's been released, dear listener. But you know, when I don't know when that's our short. Yeah, list. that's a short list. I can't put in everything because there's a new pedal that comes out every week from every brand. So that's thirty-two pedals that I think are important. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So, yes, yes. Um, so I think, yes, there's some good stuff on there. What's on the listener's choice so far then, Joe? Is that what you were looking yeah, at? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's have a little look. I'm going to announce who our uh, Gear of the Year guests are, though, as well, the two hosts. So it will, of course, be Matt and I. Last year... Uh, we had Adrian Thorpe from Thorpey Effects. Um, and of course, we had Mikey Demas from Redbeard Effects uh, as well. Um, that was our host. This time round, we are going to be joined, Matt and I are going to be joined by Blake Wyland um, of Chasing Tone and the Tone Mob. 
and we will be being joined by Philip Carter of the 40 Watt Podcast. So it's going to be a complete amalgamation, a big mashup of the guitar podcasts, which is going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm excited to have like podcast hardened guests on this year. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, a real mishmash of uh, different podcasts this mm. year, which I kind of, which is very nice. Uh, so it was yeah, the year before as you said, Stolpe and Mikey. Can't remember who it was before that. I think it was me, you, and Jay before that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we did a three. Um, yeah, so I think this one it's good. I'm looking forward mm. to it. I'm very much looking forward to it. There's, there has still been some cool stuff this year. You forget how much stuff there's been. Um, but definitely felt like a different kind of year with no Nam. Well, Nam, very small kind of Nam, you know, and uh, no summer Nam. You sort of the the big announcements weren't all in that one sort of place in that one sort of roundup. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, but it looks like listeners' choice so far. I'm just checking the Facebook group rather than the Patreon right now. Um, looks like largely effects. Not many guitars suggested, and uh, very few amplifiers suggested as well. We're seeing um, a, a surprising amount of votes for the Boss SL2. I only say surprising, so that's the new slicer, everyone. That I don't think we ever really got around to talking around about properly on the podcast. But that's the new... No, I don't think we did. No, it's the new single box um, slicer. That's had a few votes. I only say it's surprising because it's almost had more votes than the Boss RE2 and the RE202, which I thought would be the big hitter for Boss well, this year. Well, it's another prolific year (laughs) um you know my eyes are more baggy than usual (laughs) you know i've got to the end of the year and gone yeah it's a lot of stuff Mm. i mean this year alone was um was thinking about today so this year alone and i guess this doesn't necessarily yet give away much but we've launched gx100 uh you know our sort of mid-price multi-level multi-fix um katana 110 and 210 base, yep. uh, RE2, RE202, dual cube and dual cube base. Um, and addition to our foot switch line on the GA FC EX for uh, Katanas and others. Uh, then we've also done the FS1 WL wireless MIDI three button foot controller and DS1W and SL2. So four different effects. Yeah. And a whole range of amps. So it's been a crazy, crazy busy year. Has been. Has been. Blimey. We'll see. We'll mm. see what, what's the most popular. But yeah, the, the other things that people are suggesting, we've seen the Duke of Tone come up a lot. Unsurprising, I think. I mm. think the Duke of Tone's a big one. Like an affordable, you know, Prince of Tone is, is, yeah, is, is pretty Yeah, I think cool. we've seen that a few times um, this year as well. That kind of bringing something potentially unobtainium into the world of um, obtainium. Um, but then again, we've seen the polar opposite. I mean, it's crazy to think that, I think looking at the stomp box list, the cheapest stomp box on there is probably DS1W, actually. I think it was like 159, 169 euros, right. um, where it goes all the way up to the Meris LVX, well, in fact, goes more than that. The new Eventide H90, which we haven't talked about on the podcast no. yet, but uh, a whopping £999. Yeah. yeah, that is that's so much money. That's a lot of money. Actually, I, <laughs> I think the cheapest effect pedal is actually also one that the listeners um, have got behind a lot, which is the Earthquake Advice's Special 
Cranker, the update of this speaker Cranker. Yeah. 110 quid they go for, and lots of people wow. lots of people suggesting them. I know it, it's one of those things, and it always happens with gear, a year, gear of the year, where products that are released at the end of the year, we're bound to be talking, like the shine hasn't worn off them. And essentially, the, mm. the, you know, the, the, the special Cranker is just another good drive. I don't know if it came out in January, if we'd be if everyone would be talking about it as much. That said, I don't know. it yeah, is very, it. very good, as was the speaker cr- cranker, as is the plumes, as is, I think I mentioned this maybe last week, but Earthquaker devices. Everyone talks about the rainbow machine and the afterneath and all the other sort of crazy things they do, their modulation, their reverbs, their delays. Their drives are phenomenal. Like They do a great just range of normal, light, medium gain drives that that can't mm. be can't be dismissed so yes the special cranker has definitely earned its place evidently i think it almost definitely will be making the top five for the listeners whether or not they vote for it in the poll is another thing but yeah interesting will be, will be interesting so I, i'm excited i'm getting very ready for gear of the year now it's, uh, it's yeah thing. it's um this year i know everyone says it every year but this year has gone crazy quick mm-hmm. um and you just and it's always good to just think about all the other stuff that's come out this year yeah you know you just sort of forget don't you? you just you just forget what's actually what's actually happened this year and um it's going to be nice to just go through it you know regardless of if all my products win or not um <laughs> but, the, but yeah no it's gonna be one good. of the things that i find f- f- more so i guess this year um than than in previous years is when something takes off that's not necessarily a new product for this year sometimes mm. things take a couple of years to become very successful and uh and obviously as as discussed in uh when we were doing the reverb.com's top sellers the Squire Base Six finally, <laughs> sort of, uh, however many know, years, ten, mad, ten years, nine years after we made it, gear, the we made the vintage modified Gear of the Year winner, and then got a load of flack for it. And then it, a couple of years later, we even we even said we think it was a mistake to have made it Gear of the Year winner because it really hasn't taken off this year, thanks to the Get Back documentary, but also thanks to a great range of colours. Obviously, you got the shell pink one with the matching headstock mat. Since mm-hmm. then, they've released a load of other FSRs. They've done it in that gorgeous like um that almost honey wood finish with a maple neck with black block inlays and i think they've done a purple metallic one as well i can't remember if that's matching headstock but they've done a load of fsrs in it now and we're seeing people modding them like we saw that um electric guitar company neck um yeah the aluminium neck yeah you know i really feel like that is the big the big thing from this year is that people have started to work out how to use base sixes. Base sixes are everywhere. Everyone's buying them. People are modding them. Base sixes, they're the new thing. But actually, you know, they came out a few years ago, so we can't we can't feature it in the list. But if I was to pick yeah. up guitar of twenty twenty two, that's probably it. Yeah, it's um it's interesting, isn't it? It's like when we were talking about last week with those reverb lists, you know, best new product and best overall seller. Mm. Um, and yeah, some some interesting stuff. I definitely don't feel this year. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be biased towards my own stuff. Looking at the list, there's nothing that struck me out as like instantly game changing. No. I guess uh, I, I tell you what, we, like you said, Matt, we were all putting together. You know, you, me, Philip, and Blake are all putting together our top three or four products in each category. Um, we're just doing guitars, amps, and effects this year, dear listen. We're not doing a bass range or anything. Um, and we're putting amps and modelers into one category as well. Uh, but 
you know, I was going through it and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to talk myself into some things. Like there's no, there aren't any things on there where I'm going, right, this year, this has come out and now all I care about is this. I sort of feel they're a bit like, there are some okay things, but I don't know how hard I'm going to, well, I'm going to fight hard for some of these things, but. uh, Mm. But it, it feels like some things haven't got the, I guess like the the hype that some things maybe have got before, right. which I find strange. Um, you know, one of the things, again, we haven't really talked about yet as a piece of news, um, but it is going to be on the Gear of the Year list, is the Music Man Kaizen, which is the new uh, Toast and Abassi signature, which I think came as a surprise to so many, considering he's got his own successful guitar brand yeah i mean uh, but i've just not seen a lot of people talk about it at all No, we did Uh, i feel like we spoke about it when it was announced maybe it was announced at nam but certainly the press release is as of november 15th so ernie ball are now like buy this guitar as of now so right um so we did speak about it before but but not not in a great deal of detail maybe it was a leak or something i can't remember why why it came up i can't remember but yeah, what a weird one. So another another signature model for Tosin Abassi. And here's the thing, totally different again. He's really had an evolution of guitars. You think his first Ibanez signature model, which was essentially an eight-string Strat, HSH Strat, and it was even kind of mm-hmm. classic in its looks. It had like a bound neck block inlays, binding on the body, taut guard. Like it was like a really fat Stratocaster because of it was eight strings. And then... He went to his own company, which of course existed in several guises, I think, as he worked with different luthiers. And there's a obviously there's a whole can of worms with everything that happened with those companies that we will not go into uh, on the podcast. Mm. But um, mm. but that was a that was a new shape, a very very modern single cut fan fret style shape. Because of course his original signature model wasn't fan frets, and now. This this Kaizen, his new signature model, different again, still very modern, but way more metal. Like a stealth black. It's got two big, it's kind of a sort of offset strap, but with really metal-like horns on there. It's, it looks like a metal guitar, which he's never done before. You know, he had a classic guitar, then he had a modern guitar. This is a metal guitar. Yeah, I, it's, I, I mean, I'm amazed considering just because of his, you know, like you say, he had obviously the signature Ibanez, but then he had this Abassi concepts and for him to then come out and have another brand, I'm sort of like, or another model. I'm, I'm really surprised that they've kind of, he's gone. Why couldn't you make that with his own brand? And I, and I guess, you know, we are in a, I mean, who doesn't want a signature model from Ernie Ball Music Man? Well, I guess we're also, we're also in a world where, you know, you can go and have a guitar made in a Korean factory somewhere and be made very, very well, for example. Mm. Uh, and you can draw up your own designs and have cool stuff made. You know, look at Reverend, yeah. you know, and, and Joe Naylor and, um, you know, doing all those designs and working with Ken and Penny and getting all of that done and going to those those factories. But ultimately, you know, going to someone like Music Man where, you know, me and you went, Joe, and, you know those the engineers and just the sheer yeah. engineering prowess yeah. of um of that team they could probably realize things that you literally couldn't realize himself even with designers going to a factory you know and and having it built elsewhere i think you know when you look at this 
obviously not only is it multi-scale and multi um stringed hmm. but also it's got this you know neck radius they're literally calling an infinity radius so a conical fretboard radius that peaks along the treble side edge of the fretboard and folds towards the player for an unobstructed view of the entire fretboard in playing position you know i don't think you could have i guess they're not, they're not going to make hundreds of thousands of these like they might be making of the John Petrucci well they're making you know, 50 which is that- and they've only sold one. Oh no no I don't know if it was 50 they've got 49 left oh it's oh, 75 really? I didn't realise it was 75 oh, worldwide and I they have 49 didn't realise it was limited yeah. I thought it was a standard model ah okay that makes a little bit more sense but yeah 70 now, that's interesting. 75 worldwide, 49 remaining. Mm. It's the price of factor. Yeah. I mean, I'd definitely buy one Four, if it was six string. I'd be like... 4,099 um, American dollars is the street price, dear listener. Oops. I've just absolutely accidentally added have it you, to my Have basket. you? Have you? Go on, Matt. Go on, Matt. Which colour? Spectre, uh, Spectre Flare or Apollo Black? Spectre Flare is silver, uh, dear listener. Oh yeah, I'd probably take the silver one. I reckon. Really, Ugh. the silver one looks very. Uh, the silver looks very good. Like um, but yeah, it's it's a cool guitar. I think um, it's. I think he's the right person to do it. I think again, they pick artists that like to push things forward in terms of boundaries, in terms of design. Um, well, he's the perfect and- artist for Music Man to have. And Matt, like it's it's we've spoken about this a bunch on the podcast over the years. You and I have been to a lot of like custom shops and factories and done factory tours. Uh, I know this is well trodden uh, content, dear listener, but uh, I think we both agree that it was the best. Like Music Man was just absolutely. Was just the best. I we need to reach out to them again and just go again. And I've na- made the mistake now of clicking on the vault <laughs> and and seeing some of the stuff they've got available. So a couple of instant highlights: uh, Saint Vincent HH in matte plum crazy, which is a matte purple. Um, which just looks absolutely amazing. And also an Albert Lee HH in Polar Night, which is basically like a kind of starry silver burst. Oh, God. Um, so it's good. It's just all so, so good. good. So good. Everything they have is excellent. I wish they did a bass that I wanted because I would buy it. <laughs> what, you, what do you mean? You don't want the Jong Mayan Bongo 6HH with the half maple, half... Rosewood fretboard. I have thought about buying a bongo several times, but every time I do, I then message you guys about it. No, and Mark, uh, Mark Packham's always like, don't buy a bongo, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Mark Packham. I'm like, definitely buy the bongo. <laughs> the best one. The absolute, the best mm. one. Um, but it's interesting, actually, just talking about Music Man, because obviously packing away in my studio, packing away all my guitars, and uh, playing the the Valentine and just going, God, it really is the best. And if I could have a signature guitar, it would 100% be with Music Man. Um, however, having played the Ed O'Brien a lot, I'm like, I always thought the Music Man had like the best shaped neck on it. I was always thought it was a relatively chunky neck yeah. until then you pick up the um, Ed O'Brien and you're like, no, that neck is monstrous right <laughs> it really is like a baseball bat yeah um, it's a proper 50s fender deck that's why it's just great but um i was thinking about it and i was like actually if i had to go and buy another brand new someone says right here's like a few grand to go and buy another you know go and buy any guitar i'd, I'd be tempted to go and buy another new yeah. man i really just, would the quality you get from them is un- unmatched just at it, it really is it really is i think that's that's what always draws me to those guitars yeah. is that 
Yeah, I thought, you know, and I do see like some Fender custom shops every now and then. I'm like, ah, but then I'm like, do you know what? I definitely have a St. Vincent in matte purple. <laughs> yeah, there you, go, there you go. Matt, I realised that you mentioned the only born music man, John Myung Bongo 6, with the, with the, two, with the neck that's in two colours. Mm. I, I realised you mentioned that because you thought that was weird and you probably don't know that I have that. <laughs> no, I think I, I remember, as you were saying, I remembered, because you were saying, oh, I should, should I buy a bonga? And I remembered saying, you've actually we, got Yeah, one. but it's the six, I can't play it. So uh, what it was, was because John Myung is an Ashdown artist, um, and we released, like Ashdown released a John Myung signature pedal, Ernie Ball sent us uh, one of the bongo sixes for like a photo shoot. Um, but we did the photo shoot and then they we were like do, do, should we send this back to you and they were like you might need it for something in the future so it was just at ashdown and 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 dan from ashdown was like do you want to look after this because it's only going to get wrecked here so i have this ernie ball music man john young bongo six which i can't play because it's a six string bass but the string distance is it's on a five string neck mm-hmm. so the strings are just so close together it's impossible to play I tried to record a, oh, a yeah, demo cause... of it, and I'm like, I don't know how this man plays this. Well, with extreme accuracy. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, but yeah, all that, he's, you know, I think to me, he's always been like the most extreme bass player, realistically. Yeah. Like, just, I think I remember reading an interview, and I'm sure we've probably talked about this on the podcast before, where someone was saying, it might have been John Petrucci, he said he's the only musician that's ever met that warms down after a gig <laughs> as well as warms up before a gig. Well, that's hilarious. <laughs> I don't even know how you go about doing that. Play well, slower nor, stage, I guess. Nor, nor do I, but I'm guessing he's just like, well, you know, it's just, uh, just, just crazy, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, interesting. Well, we won't be talking about that, but we might be talking about the Kaizen. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you, the uh, we we might be talking about the Kaizen on Gear of the Year. One thing we didn't mention about the Kaizen, which is very interesting, is that it's uh, it's a seven string, and of course he is an eight string player normally. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I just want to know what why it wasn't an Abassi guitar, I guess. Yeah. And it's not sort of, they've not really made that clear. I mean, the fact they've made 75, I don't know, maybe they were thinking about pushing new, um, pushing new boundaries in terms of guitar manufacturing. Mm. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly interesting. So they, but then also he must be making tons of money because his Instagram account is just guitars and super expensive cars. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure he's crying all the way to yes, the bank. Indeed, indeed. Now here at Guitar Nerds Podcast, quality is very important to me. I spend a lot of time editing the audio for each episode so it sounds as good as possible. And so naturally, a very important part of that is the microphone I use to record with. I'm very fussy, and so recently, when we switched to using the Lewitt LCT440, it was after spending some time with the mic and making sure that I was happy with it. It's a great mic, it's very affordable for what it is, and it will get you through almost any situation you can throw at it, from recording blasts to vocals to amps to podcasts. Check it out at lewitt-audio.com. 
Now, dear listener, for this section of the podcast, we've said, uh, we've said goodbye to Matt Knight for now. Matt's going to be back on joining us on the Patreon episode a little later. Um, but for this section of the podcast, dear listener, we've never done this before. Normally, we have the same, the same lineup the whole way through, but we're mixing things up a little bit. Last episode of season three, of course, we have now. I am joined by Paul Stevens from Black Star Amplification. Paul, hello and thank you and welcome to the Guitarnet's podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, I, I, I would have to admit I probably am a guitar nerd as well. And I have <laughs> yes. been for quite some time. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, considering the amount of time uh, that you spent working on the, the St. James uh, amplifier for, for Black Star, I'd say that, that, that does sound like you are, you are indeed a guitar nerd. And that is exactly what I wanted to talk about, dear listener. We mentioned it before. In fact, I did a little demo of the, um, the St. James, uh, the EL... Uh, 34 50 watt combo we did a little demo on the patreon episode a couple of weeks ago also i think i spoke about it on the main episode dear listeners who aren't on the patreon but obviously black star sent me one of these amplifiers i really like it it's kind of a wonderful blend of all the things that i want it's ticking that those boxes for me dear listeners everyone knows this year i am just into vintage valve things i did that whole thing in lockdown i wanted all the plugins i was really enjoying all of that stuff and then i realized that i hated all of that and just wanted old school sounding stuff the st james is 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 managing to be bang in the middle and offering me zero compromise on on either one of those two things so i'm a big fan so it made sense for us to get paul on the podcast to talk all about them because dear listener i'm sure you are very well aware of the black star St. Uh, St. James range of amplifiers, as they they've came out some time ago, and they really were sort of talk of the town when they came out. Um, but we're going to give you a little bit of an overview of them now. So, Paul, this was this is the amplifier you've been the amplifier range you've been working on for the last couple of years, right? Yeah, the, we've uh, originally the MD Ian um, called me into his office. It was, I think this must be in two thousand nineteen. And and said, what can we do? what can we do? It's gonna be it could be really different. It could really shake things up. And um, I I just said, well, lightweight, this lightweight valve amp, you know. And 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 I think I don't not sure exactly how the conversation went, but you know, we had to think about how then we'd do that. Um, and the the um, the the major co- cause of the weight in a valve amp is obviously the uh, the Transform. main transformer. Yeah. So um, it made sense to look into developing a switch mode power supply. Now, obviously, switch mode power supplies are being used pretty much everywhere else um, in TVs and you know laptop supplies, phone chargers. I'm, I'm literally I'm looking around my office at the moment and looking at every supply in here, and it's every everything pretty much is um, switch mode power supply. Right. Um, but we don't tend to use them in in uh, valve guitars because it's actually quite a complicated supply um it's not like a you know a laptop supply which is maybe you know 15 volts in um and not too high current um it's you know it's not like a charger or a usb i think which is five volts we've got like um, nearly 500 volts um for one of the supplies there's there's the heater supply which is high current um low voltage then you need the other low, low voltage supplies and then the bias supply which is a negative voltage so there's there's basically four supplies usually in um a, in a modern valve guitar amp so, right. it isn't, so it's isn't, a fair amount of engineering required yeah it, is, it isn't something you can just go and get off the shelf like right. you, know, you can with 
nearly anything else. You only got really worried about what connector is on the end, and possibly whether it's the um, the right polarity. We, we, for uh, you know something for a valve timer, it really had to be specifically designed. Um, so we we spent um, a little while that specking out to start with, um, and then started developing it. And we had to go through many many changes to get it how we wanted to. Um, initially, it, it was overheating. Um, it wasn't reliable enough. Um, and obviously, we wanted it to be as reliable as a transformer. So it did take a long time to get it right, um, but obviously that is what we're supposed to do. It's, you know, not you don't you, you don't you don't pick the first one and go, yeah, that'll do. Stick it in, no, sell it. You know, so it did. It, we spent a long time on on and particularly on testing as well, um, thousands of hours of testing um, in all sorts of um, simulated environments, um, all sorts of. And we, and we found out a lot of things about what to do and what not to do uh, in these scenarios, and it also it, it, it highlighted how robust. Of, um, a, a power supply needs to be in a guitar amp, um, you know, because some a lot of the audio um, uh, uh, testing is done at you know third power or even eighth power, but. We, that is nowhere near demanding enough as what right, you do with a guitar amp. So we're actually testing stuff at what we call ninety percent duty cycle, which is almost just flat out for you know for for a day um, to to try and simulate worst case scenarios because we, we right. didn't you know we didn't want these things to fall over at all. So yeah, we um, spent a long time on that. But then did uh, did you guys look into like uh, other? other options for that was it was it always going to be the transformer that you were going to go for because of course you know other other companies have done things like if they want to do a valve thing but make it lightweight people tend to go with a valve preamp and then use like an ice chip to make it like a class d power stage or, or something like yeah, that yeah no we, did you we think want, about hybrid or was it always no, it always had to be full valve we wanted it to be valve preamp valve power amp so it could genuinely be called a, a you know a proper valve amp but yeah. it isn't just the supply there, there, there's also this lightweight used for the the cabinets um and what else is there uh, we've got actually a specially designed output transformer which is um, smaller than a standard one as well which again we tested to to well towards destruction that actually we didn't have any problems with but that is that is lighter um so we, look, we looked at anywhere where, where we could save weight basically but obviously the the transformer is the these the main thing i mean for example the heads in this range um the, the 50 watts is literally half the weight of the previous model well, that, same that with we the, were using. Well, right right of course same with the combos of course because they're like yeah. they're 12 kilograms for a 50 watt combo which yeah, is the head, roughly the you know i think of uh I think of an average valve combo as being 20, 25 kilograms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the heads are, are um, less than seven. Right. So, I mean, I can, I, mean, I use actually use two of them live, um, one of each. Um, so I play in stereo because I'm a bit of a tart like that. Um, <laughs> but um, it's, and I can carry both at the same time easily and a guitar in the other hand. You know, it, it's, it, in fact, my girlfriend now doesn't mind carrying the amps in because because <laughs> my pedal ward is heavier than the amps um so it has made everything a lot easier and i, I mean I, I i actually was using them the first gig i used them on was um new year's eve uh last year and to be honest i haven't used my big older heavy amps since for right. any reason i i normally used to have like um like a, a big rig and a small rig you know big rig for festivals and theaters and a smaller rig for pubs or rehearsals that kind of thing now yeah. i use the same pair of amps for every gig i, I do change the cabinets um, but the actual amps are the same for every gig because they're small enough that you don't you don't mind taking them to the smaller gigs and they're light enough but they're they're still powerful enough at you know 50 watts to use for the bigger gigs and bigger stages where you need to fill the sound out more so they, they and, and then along with the um, the cab rig outputs on it 
which means obviously they're you know really it's really good for connecting to the stage box and for recording then it for me they've they've, they've they tick all the boxes that i need so well, yeah that, that was a that was a big thing as well the fact that you've it's not just and we'll, we'll talk about like the sound of the amps as well because of course it's that's actually the most important yeah, thing it's yeah. wonderful that they're, they're lightweight but it, because you've managed to make them all valve you've managed to actually focus on making them sound great yeah but yes the, the cab brick thing that you touched upon is is fantastic because it means that you know certainly on the on the back of the combos you've got three different preset cab sims that you can run straight to the front of house or straight into your uh your interface to to record um it, it's got usb out on it is that right it's yeah there's somewhere? there's there's free methods of, of of taking outputs from cab rig there's the usb which can connect directly obviously into your, your um, computer recording software whatever um and that's actually a stereo output as well because oh, um, it, it simulated apart from doing the, the cab sims it's also simulating a room as well the right. amp actually within a room which you've got control of adjusting in the uh the um the cabric software as well so it is very versatile uh, and of those free settings you can you can put in your own sounds as well you know you can go and adjust it and then zap it into the amp and it will remember that the free settings that you, you choose uh, but so yeah there's the usb there's the headphone output which is stereo as well which obviously is much more um uh, acceptable for actually using with headphones. If if it's a mono headphone output, it can just sound like it's coming from the center of your head all the time, and it's horrible. Yeah. Um, so it's much more pleasing to have it in stereo. Um, and then the the um, balanced low impedance XLR output as well, which is obviously for for stage use. Yeah, so yeah, you've got, which, it's got everything everything covered really. But yeah, you're saying about the sound because obviously um, we don't as, as great as the SMPS is, and obviously that is the thing that's reduced the weight. We certainly don't want people to think that that's all we spent our time doing because in parallel with developing that, we spent, again, thousands and thousands of hours on um, developing the actual tone of the of the analogue side of it because it is, it's all, it is all analogue, the basic signal path, um, obviously with um, valves in the preamp and valves in the power stage. And um, yeah, the, the, the particular amp that, that you've mentioned, the 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 one with the EL, EL, uh, 34s in the power stage um, has two pr- uh, preamps. Um, one is basically a kind of, um, <laughs> I have to kind of be a bit subtle here, but kind of a <laughs> West Coast American clean sound, <laughs> if you all know what I mean. And, uh, and the other is a more of a British 60s sound that was made very popular by a certain band from... Liverpool, um, amongst many other people, um, and you've got so, those on two, just on two simple channels. Basically. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Although the, it's it looks it, it has been deliberately designed to look simple, but um, the, the even though it's one set of tone controls, the tone controls are electronically um, isolated. They're they're all actual dual gang parts. So the actual tone stacks behind that are completely separate depending on what channel you're on. Oh, Even that's that, interesting. Yeah, so that we haven't had to compromise at all on where the, uh, you know, the corner frequencies are and, you know, the center frequency of the middle control and all, all, all these kind of things. We, we've had to actually literally tune them how we want them to, to sound correct for the amp, which we're, you know, trying right, to Because, of course, you're like not it. just adding a gain stage to uh, an amp voicing. You're switching <clears throat> no. between, yeah, an American it's, and a British sound. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, they are totally independent um uh, valve circuits that for each of those channels yeah and and as i say different eq as well um so it's it's nice that it is simple because it, it you know someone can someone can plug into one of their amps and just get great sounds straight away without feeling intimidated by you know 
whole load of controls. So it's very easy to use, but people shouldn't be thinking that it's a compromise internally because it, it certainly isn't. It's, there's a lot going on in there, but it switches between. Um, no, and, sure. And then obviously on the the uh, the, uh, the 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 British sounding one, it's. Um, it's got the uh, 10 dB boost as well. So you've kind, yes, you've kind of... I did of, notice that. That's yeah, great. That's a wonderful yeah, addition. And that, exactly how you get that sort of that sort of British vintage sound. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so it's great for... Um, you know, it's great, it's great for kind of slightly crunchy sounds. It's a great yeah. pedal pedal platform as well. So you've got the two most popular flavours of, of pedal platform in there, basically. Um, I, I noticed that that's really how your how Blackstar are marketing the, the EL34. Um, one is 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 certainly even on the box that it came in. It says uh, it says classic low gain pedal platform. That's yeah. very much what this one is, is aimed at. Yeah, the I modern think, the modern player who wants think, to do everything on their board. Yeah, I think that's there's two, there's two types of using them. Some obviously there is the pedal platform, and then there's people that like to switch between you know a clean sound and then, and then a real high gain sound for uh, on the actual amp. And I must admit, I I use both amps. Right. In, in in two different bands I play, and I use I use one as the main amp in one particular band where I need that particular British combo sound because of the kind of music it is. And then with my other band, I like to I use the other head as the main amp, and then which the, is the six L six, the six L six, yeah. So that's what that's still that's got the same clean channel, um, but then it's got. A, a, um, a higher gain um, it's, it's overdrive actually, channel. Yeah, is is it is it not? Is it like a black? Is it based on a black star distortion? It's, it's the- actually it's kind of it's kind of a composite of of the of the traditional what we would now call traditional black star overdrive circuit, which is dri- right. you know, driving a valve um, or two valve stages. But we're actually using them instead of the the ISF based EQ, which is on most of our ramps, you know the HT series and stuff like that. The actual EQ is more like a traditional British EQ that you'd find on one of those kind of amplifiers. Uh, again, it's all it's all um, um, dual gang parts, so those sets of controls are entirely separate inside and, and there's no compromise so yeah between obviously between the two amps hopefully we, we've we've covered all what people need really you, you might have sort of kind of answered my next question with with that statement a little bit but with this you know when when you decided to make this the the first thing you were thinking was we need to make a a lightweight valve amp so we can make something modern you want to give it the bells and whistles things like direct recording Things like you know it can it can do fifty watts or two watts, so it does the practice room thing as well. You're trying you're trying to make something that's great for the modern player, but um, what made you choose these two voicings? I guess the uh, the six L six. I understand that's kind of that feels like Black Star bread and butter, um, but the EL thirty four. I feel like is. Um, is a bit of it's not like you know that you guys haven't done things like this before like with the artist series and stuff like that but it it seems like another addition on top of an amp that's the this the you know the usb of this amp is it's a lightweight all valve amp but then you've also made it a very traditional sounding amp which is a almost a new thing for blackstar what what kind of led you to to that decision i guess well it was it was partly kind of driven by what we find a lot of our artists request, um, you know, obviously with the artisan uh, range in particular, which we, we brought out right at the beginning of the company, hmm. that's been very popular with particular artists. You know, that tube of 12 uh, pedal platform format is very popular with, with those kind of players. So we wanted to do something 
as well as the high gain thing, which would suit those kind of players. So it it really was really pointing each of these each area of this the product range at different players really. Right. Um, so 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 it's you know we'd, we'd, we'd cover more ground and and hopefully get more interest that way. So so I mean obviously for a while there was there were some people that were thinking of Black Star as you know just you know, quite, a, quite a, a metal brand, but. We, you know, we do a lot more than that, you know. Which, sure, which, I think which, Black Star is always a modern brand. We, we spoke yeah. about it before we started recording, but, you know, but Black Star is a, as you put it, a, a 21st century company, you know. You're, yeah. You're, how old is Black Star? Uh, 2007, officially, right. it started, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, so, comparatively new, when you think of, you know, the Marshalls, the PVs and Fenders, you know, sure. they've yeah. got quite a few decades on us, but... Exactly, uh, but it means you don't have sort of, I like, guess, heritage to lean on like, um, uh, like that. I, I, You're not relying on reissues and things like that. You're yeah. always looking for the next new product. I often use the word dogma right. <laughs> rather than heritage. <laughs> I see. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, as, you know, we're all... Uh, we're, we're, there's a, you know, there's a lot of people that are players and engineers in the company. Um, so we're all fans of older amps as well. We've all played mm. them kind of things, you know. So we, you don't necessarily have to reinvent stuff. It's just it's 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 kind of providing the sounds that people like in, but the the, the best version of that sound. Because often when people play an older version of an amp, it isn't actually what they thought it was going to sound like. What they heard on the record, you know, of that person doing it. So sure. we 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 try to present, you know, the best version of of that that kind of sound um and it does mean looking into the heritage of amps not necessarily our heritage but it's it doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge there is a heritage there in in you know in um in guitar amp design it's just that we started at a different point and we are we're not stuck in certain ways you know we can um use new technology and we don't you know we're not we don't mind trying new things to get them sounds that we want well, certainly. I mean, you know, d- looking for a new way to deal with the transformer is is just something that most people, you know, wouldn't wouldn't touch at all. Like, you know, I, I work as, as the listener knows. I do a lot of work with uh, Ashdown uh, okay. yeah. Engineering, yeah. and um, and you know that Mark Mark Gooday who owns Ashdown Engineering. I, I remember him sort of talking about. Yeah, he'll say say quite regularly, like uh, you can't, you know, w- what you need to make a good sounding amp is a big chunk of metal. Talk, you know, talking about transforming, he's like, that's what makes you know amps sound good. And from from his perspective, he's very, you know, they make hybrid amps, a solid state amp with a with a valve in the valve in the preamp, and that's it's it's a non negotiable thing of their amps you know it's not something they'd ever consider to do of course they make class d stuff but they make it for you know it's, it's entry level stuff they're not yeah. trying to you know when when you make the entry level stuff there's the sound quality is going to be what it is compromised at the price point that you're making it for but um but you know you guys actually considering trying to make a top quality amplifier whilst being willing to sacrifice something like the transformer is a yeah, but yes. as, as I said, it didn't. It wasn't easy, you know. No. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we had to go through several variations of it before it did do that thing that a big lump of metal does. So, yeah. in, in some ways, Mark is right. I know. I know Mark from years ago. I, he, I've worked for Mark for a long time, so I, I know him very well. But um, he's, you know, he's in one respect that's that's right. You you, you do need a, a substantial supply. Um, and we didn't find that we could just switch over to just the first, you know, guess 
design of what we could think of for the SNPS. It took a while to get there. And in fact, what what we ended up with was about 50% bigger than the first design. So yeah. in, 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 in some regards, that it, it, you know, it's true, yeah, you, you still need something substantial to, pro to provide that power. Um, but hopefully we've proven it doesn't necessarily have to be a big lump of metal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's that's it. Well, yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, when when these amps first came out, I was kind of like, I don't know, is this going to be another one of these things? Is this the digital revolution? You know, sort of like with a slightly different hat on. You know, the, are are we still in this thing where? Because I my my opinion of and dear listener, you're aware of this is when class when the ice shit came out when when class D stuff started being used in power stages, I, I, it just all sounded bad. But all of a sudden the conversation changed and people weren't talking about how good amps were. They were talking about how light they were yeah. or how small they were. And I just don't care. But I mean, you know, again, we spoke about this before. I like to think I don't care, but when I'm out on tour and I have to go out on, you know, four flights of stairs every night for a, a load in in a crappy little venue i start to care <laughs> yeah at that point but it's about finding that um that compromise but see i, I don't feel the, the sound has been compromised well, exactly uh, that's I, it i mean the, obviously it must be pointed out just in case anyone else is a bit confused these are not class d no no they're, sorry they, yes, are, so. they are not it's not a digital amp the the, the only digital things in them is the is the reverb and and the um the, the cab sim stuff for for, for uh, uh, yes absolutely so, so I, the actual been... the actual signal path from the input until the speaker output is at is basically analog so absolutely so i should i should have been clearer with that no 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 you're it's, absolutely it's, right I, point i have to pre it's just because i often hear other people get confused that and they think the class d is the same as smps and they say right. oh it's digital this like no 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 it's not it's it's a switching supply but it's the signal doesn't you know the guitar signal doesn't go through the supply the supply is is just what provides the voltages for the rest of the audio circuitry to work with um yeah. so um absolutely. yeah and i say i i i honestly i think i I've, from what I've found and um, the comments I've got off of engineers um, both live and in studios over the last year is these are the best sounding amps I've ever played through um, and and you know I, and I'm fussy enough that I wouldn't use them if they didn't <laughs> sound as good as the ones I was using before you know it's yeah. not it's not just that I'm getting old and don't want to carry heavy stuff <laughs> it, it, they literally are the best sounding um, so well uh, this is it I really like that it's uh, it has all the bells and whistles that I kind of want like you know the, again the listener will know I went through uh, a point in time of absolutely loving the the Boss Katana I couldn't believe sort of the price point versus the sound quality versus the ease of options from it I just thought it was great for that sort of thing yeah. but when I started coming back around to you know, wanting a, a big proper valve amp again it was such a shame to lose all the ease of use that came with you know something like a like a katana and i feel like i'm getting all of those yeah. things the fact that i can record directly with this the fact that yeah. it is very portable and small yeah well i mean i think that things have changed a lot over the last 10 years with with um with guitar amps um i mean i've been doing this nearly 30 years now and i remember a, a big american company that i was working for um just over 10 years ago just before Blackstar basically we were um we were in ambivalent about even putting a 
uh, a USB output on the back of a valve amp. You know, right. there were some people. It was just like, no, absolutely no, 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 no. It's, it never, never should be on there. No, two different worlds, that kind of thing. But nowadays, it is completely acceptable to see those kind of connections on the back of a valve amp, and and obviously that you have the benefit of what it is providing, which is you know probably going to be you know cab sim type outputs and ease of recording and all all stuff like that. Um, so it, it, I think. I think all of the, um, as you say, bells and whistles that we find on other products are kind of creeping into what we'd think of as more traditional equipment yeah. because people, you know, the net, the, you know, another generation, they've got, they've got used to seeing all that stuff and they've got used to the connectivity and it's the same in, in general life. You know, we expect to be able to hook up our phones to our computers and our computers to the TV and our TV to the washing machine or whatever, you know, but um, we, we do expect to have connectivity between all our gadgets. And, um, yeah. and I, I, I think that guitar amps are, you know, often are a bit behind the rest of the world on certain things because we are quite, you know, traditional in what the sounds we want. But I think the last 10 years has really changed things. So people are accepting this stuff without feeling, oh, no, it's not a real amp if it's got a USB on it, you know. Definitely, so, definitely. I think yeah. there's the there's the hard end of the hard other end of that, which is, uh, which is you know, Helix, Kemper, things things like that, where people have, have got to be very committed to sort of a, a very new way of doing things. But I think things like Two Notes rele- releasing, you know, their, uh, you know, their, their handy little, very affordable box, the, the, the torpedo, that suddenly allowed you to be able to use valve amps. Oh, of course, there was stuff before that, but Two Notes was doing it for a price that everyone could get behind. Yeah. And all of a sudden, your, your valve amps were becoming things that you could record directly, that you could make a better job of. Uh, in in a you know a better job of than shoving an SM57 in front of a cab in a yeah. live situation. This has all been moving towards this sort of thing. You know, victory with the V4 series stuff this year. Of course, you guys have also done like some uh, you know pedal board amplifiers. Pedal board amplifiers in general yeah. are becoming a, a reasonable thing, and this feels like it's part of that movement. This is modern features, but you're yes you're keeping you know that that all valve nature, so it's still. A great sounding, yeah, hope, familiar sounding product. Hopefully, best of both worlds. You know, there's one way of looking at it. It is, you know, if you if you took out all the gadgets, you're left with what is, you know, a traditional valve guitar amp. With all the gadgets, it's then a modern version, which, as you say, it does allow you to do all the stuff that people have got used to doing with all their other bits of kit. So it's it's a, it's a kind of a way of making of keeping um, valve amps relevant in. Yeah. You know, the modern world because if we didn't start putting this stuff in then i think people possibly would start moving away from them because they wouldn't be seeing the benefits hopefully with this kind of product they're seeing you know, they, they, they've got the benefits of the extra connectivity but they have, they've also got the massive benefit of it still sounding um authentic uh, yeah. because because it is you know it is yeah yeah exactly well i mean you know the last week on the podcast matt and i were talking about i just got back from a two-week tour and i i'd, I'd mentioned that Certainly, seeing the gear of all the the other bands we were playing with across the two weeks, you know, last time I went on a tour the year before, I'd maybe seen one or two silent stage bands, but now it was, you know, I, I think I said it was like a, a a fifth or a quarter of the bands were turning up with, you know, just something something like a, a Helix or Kemper, not running anything on stage. But the younger players are 
completely willing to move yeah. towards things like that. And so offering something that's giving everyone the convenience yeah. whilst still, that's you know, the whilst thing. still we, being we, a proper analogue product. With, with, with this, it does, it, I mean, obviously it totally lends itself to the silent stage thing as well with the, you know, the built-in um, reactive load and then yeah. the ability to take the, the cab rig output. It's, it, 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 it literally can do every gig or recording um, situation. Um, and as I say, that's what, that's what I've just been finding all year that I've been using them um, is that I, I don't need to use anything else. You know, I, no, I can no, do sure. I can do a theatre pit gig, you know, with it just on silent next to me, but still have the same sound um, that, that I want to get if I actually to connect a cabinet to it. I can use it in the recording studio. I can use it. I can, can it's even light enough to stick in a case and take into a hotel room and put put on headphones. Right. You know, yeah. so it's it, it really is you know um, something that can be used in any application and, and, and with still, vertical cabs as well which uh, i was very happy about they look great yeah that's that's been that's, i think there's been a bit of a trend in recent years um mm. obviously the two speakers just inherently just sounds way bigger than than one anyway um but obviously the vertical thing just means it's less floor space so it's very convenient for for you know club gigs um also does get that second speaker a bit higher um which means um you know you don't necessarily have to be so loud don't need to pop it on beer crates yeah that's it so and celestian zephyrs yeah yeah of course that's the other thing that we developed um obviously with with celestian to be lightweight um we we talked we did talk early on in the development process about using um neodymiums um the, the only thing, I mean, I, I actually pers- personally... They're flavour of the month, yeah, aren't they? I, I, actually quite, really. I actually like them, but they, they are expensive um, right. comparatively. And also some people have a, an opinion about them because they're not traditional. Um, I see. You know, so we spoke to Celestine about the possibility of, of um, developing some, you know, um, ferrite-based um, speakers, uh, which would be lightweight as well. And they, they looked at all sorts of ways of, you know... Um, uh, chipping away at the magnet basically to take out areas which were not quite not not so needed for the for the for the magnetism um and uh i think we're probably going to see a lot more of what they've developed in future products as well because right it it, it, you know, it did it, it took out a considerable amount of weight and we still got the sound we wanted you know, right, so, as as a neodymium alternative. Yeah, that's right. Is, yeah, uh, people who want a more traditional speaker, yeah. might be op- op- opting for this sort of thing instead of a neodymium. That's, that's it. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because you feel you're sort of bound to them. If you want to make a lightweight cab, it's you, you you put neodymiums in them. And you know, yeah, I I agree that I like them, but I also agree that they have a very specific sound. Yeah, and if that's not the sound you want. You're sort of stuck with it. Yeah, that's right. So that's why we we thought let's let's not alienate people by going a certain way because people there's already would be some people be like questioning oh SMPS what what is that you know so um, we wanted to to make sure we you know we put effort into making them lightweight but still you know have the right sound Um, fine line to tread um, you've sort of made for yourself with the St James you've you want a, a traditional sort of product it's an all valve traditional product with you know that sounds like a proper guitar amp but lots of things on it are new directions and yeah that's i mean it's partly why it did take a lot of time to develop fully <laughs> um it did i mean because i mean the cabric thing it was it was actually something that the digital uh, team were, were working on for some other products and it's something you'll you'll see 
coming out on um, several Black Star products, and, and obviously has done this year. Um, and it was a lucky coincidence that they were doing that, and then I had this idea about having this in, um, internal uh, reactive load that it's, that it automatically switches in when you're not connected to speak, all this kind of thing, because we've got the low power setting as well. So the, it meant that the internal load could be small as well as the transformer, because if, if you're running at two watts, you don't need a normally you'd need a, a load as big as the amp to run into. But it was another thing that it was combining some some technology that we already had with some stuff that was coming through for other products to overall make the whole product that much better. So it it was a it was a real a, a real good example of the whole team working and right. producing this this thing. It's you know. very thorough. It's very thorough. The the idea of the reactive load as well. This that for me seems like this weird thing that's not been even though it is available exists. I'm sure you know you could probably tell me some very good reasons why it's not in everything, but I don't understand why it's not in in everything these days. It's you are literally stopping stuff from well, it, it, it's 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 mainly because if you're going to run a 50 or 100 watt amp into a reactive load, the reactive load has got to be big. It's it's right. it's heavy inductors. It's like you know, transformer size inductors um, and resistors, so that it'd have to be big. But because we already have the um, the low power settings, then we're able to combine the the logic switching and everything so that when you're in a certain setting it won't allow the amp to be in the high power setting and it would instantly direct the signal to the internal load rather than having any problem you know every, you know obviously people always panic about using a valve amp with it unconnected and all this kind of thing sure yeah. um but this we've we have all and have done for a number of years we have all kind of control circuitry which prevents any of that from being able to be a possibility in our amps. They're p- fully protected, whatever you're doing. You know, people don't need to worry. I still get questions about it now, even though it clearly says it in the handbook, you know, you, you can use this with, <laughs> without connecting to a speaker cabinet. And people, they still they still panic about it. Look, I've got to have it connected to a device. It's like, no, no, you don't have to have it connected at all. Just sit it, sit it on your desk, use the headphone output, XLR output, no problem. Um, but uh, yeah, some people still panic. But it's all yeah, it's all internally loaded, protected. So again, everyone's everyone's done it a number of times. I did it only the other week. Just I just changed cabs, and I didn't realise I hadn't plugged the head in at the back. Yeah, yeah. Turned it on. That was the end of that. I still need to <laughs> still need to take that apart and see. Did see it actually damage it then? Oh yeah, well it stopped working completely. Oh so. god, well, yeah, a completely not the not not the obviously a completely different amp. Yeah, it was actually it was. Uh, it was my um, uh, my little Ashdown CTM thirty. Their okay. their little their little thirty watt recording amplifier. I didn't plug it into the background. Turned it on for for some time though. Oh, like okay. I mean, yeah. I sort of turned it on. Was like, oh, that's that's not working. Sat around for a minute. Was like, well, oh, maybe it's heating up. And it took me a couple of minutes to realize. Yeah, and get up and go <laughs> over. And by that time. <laughs> I could smell cooking. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, as I say, that can't happen with these amps. Oh, They're all better. protected. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful news. Well, um, well, that that is actually about all the all the time uh, that we've got uh, on this week's uh, podcast, Paul. Thank you very much for, for joining us no to problem. talk all about the Black Star St. James. Um, it's uh, it's been great to have an insight into a really like a, a really unique, interesting amplifier that's kind of, you know doing something a little bit different, but it's still something that I uh, am excited about. Good, and thanks. Well, yeah, <laughs> just, just a, a quick um, little plug at the end here. We um, yeah. we we did actually win an award last week. The gra- uh, um, uh, 
uh, oh no, I've forgotten the term now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I've forgotten the term because it was the buzzword of the week. Game changer. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it was the there you go. Ga- game changer award, and it became yes, it was it was shoved into nearly every sentence. I can't believe I, it, it slipped <laughs> my mind then. But yeah, the game changer award, which was a particularly nice one to get, because hopefully that will make people look at what that award is and go, oh, I need to find out more. Because that isn't just best guitar amp. That is, you know, it's game changer. So yeah. hopefully yeah, people want to look into I why. Mean, it's obviously done very well for Blackstar. That's one thing we didn't speak about, but it's it's appeared in Reverb.com's top 20, uh, specifically the EL34, in Reverb's top 20 um, amplifiers okay, sold uh, this this year, which is fantastic. Brilliant. You also uh, you also got a load of other stuff. You've got like the guitar.com gave you editor's choice. I think music gave you edit- uh, the NAM 2002 editor's choice. Yeah, there's been a yeah. few. We launched, It was May we launched it, and then obviously more of a, um, a, a public launch at, at NAM in June. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to brag, but I've kind of lost count of how many awards <laughs> we've had or nominations well, at least. So it's been that's a great yeah, position to be in. Yeah. Well, well deserved because it's a really good product. Dear listener, you know, do go and check one out. Uh, they actually have a the video demos released by Blackstar themselves are very good, but there are plenty of YouTubers out there making noises yeah. uh, with the amplifier. And of course, Matt and me did a little demo a couple of weeks ago on the Patreon, um, where, dear listener, you can join us. You can head over to our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You'll get this episode ad free and early. $5 gets you access to our Patreon special episodes and our entire back catalogue. $10 gets you the lot. Plus, I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. Find us on all your favourite social media platforms. Join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. And yeah, check out, you know, check out the St. James stuff, blackstaramps.com, you know, and of course, everywhere else. I don't really need to direct you of where to check out Blackstar Amps, but go and check them out. They're very cool. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks uh, from now with the Gear of the Year podcast series. Thanks very much. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Sonic pickups, Suresh, Chris Franklin, Anton Fryant, and Barry Gresbick, Steve Davis, Danny Walker, Jorrit Brown, Andy Hoffler, Holly Simpson, John Conway, Russell Healing, Paul True, Peter Pesh, Ty Allen, Yogi the Guitarist, Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Eric Emmer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einzler, Gavin Vanden Linden, Andy Manley, Marky Zau, Kattawacki, Simon Milborn and Stuart Robson, Eric File, Joe Pratic, James Dorr, A. Matthews, Kytopia, The Band, Russ Edwards, Stephen Burke, Dave Lee, Jane Gray, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Loset, Derek Rich, Brad Page, Robin Smith, Scott O'Brien, Paul 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.